Hi, welcome to Last Man on Earth. We are fucking back. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt spent the New Year's holiday being raped by wildcat loggers in his native Alaska. True. There's, there's no joke there, actually. That happened. Wouldn't call it rape. It's not rape if you give implied consent. Today's show is sponsored by the Powerball Lottery. We help the homeless have less money for smokes. We're the good guys. Powerball. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or on Facebook, also at LastMenPodcast.com. Matt, it's been a while. Uh, we haven't seen each other since 2015. But uh, one thing I know remains constant for you always is uh, you love fat chicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just It's just one of your many fetishes, but certainly at the top. Uh, Ashley Graham, who is known as the size sexy model, and uh, I've been to Target many times. I've never seen size sexy before on, on the uh, rack. I'm not sure what color that is. Uh, she's become famous for being the fat, sort of hot lingerie model. And more recently, in the last year or so, she's been in these talks to women, inspiring talks to women, where she adores, does monologues uh, where she adores her own fat and the fact that she's fat and she embraces her fat. Let me ask you, you love hot chicks, hot fat chicks. Do fat chicks become even hotter when they embrace their own cellulite and fat? No, it just seems arrogant. I mean, I think if they had a size sexy, you know, that's not a real size, but... You don't find it on the rack? What do you think it would be, like two? Yeah, well, not 16. Four. I wouldn't think it was 16. Like, if you, if you had me guess, I would not say double digits. Yeah, even if men or women had to guess, there's one sexy size. I don't think it would be a, a 38. Um, yeah, it's weird. I mean, she, she did the TED Talk where she wrote a letter to her own body, which even, like, really hot models don't even do because it'd be like, uh, what a you're a cunt, right? Like, you're just really self-absorbed. Have you never written a letter to your body before, Matt? No. Yeah, no. no. Like a sad, a really sad, <laughs> regret-filled letter to your body for all the shit you've done to it. Uh, sorry no, I did drugs in high school. I'm sorry if I can keep grabbing my dick. I mean, just like, <laughs> what are you going to write? Yeah, I don't know who would even think to do that. It's a put on. This is for we don't. We're guys. We don't understand women though. This is for women, right? They like right, right, embracing your fat. Write a love letter to your fat. Yeah. Can, don't you think women love that kind of shit? I don't think that anyone, man or woman, wants to have cellulite i understand that that a lot of people do i I think most people have some cellulite but i don't think anyone like digs it i don't think that they you know you don't go to the gym and try and get cellulite you don't make an effort to get cellulite so i think it's a weird thing to brag about and compliment yourself i mean especially when you know diabetes and various um health uh hazards isn't this this her embracing her own i mean what she's saying is like look i can't help I mean, isn't she saying, I can't help the fact that this is the way I was born and I'm going to embrace my own weaknesses that people previously made fun of about me? Not that anyone makes fun of a six foot one inch tall lingerie model, but you know, if they did, <laughs> they would make fun of her the fact that she's fat. We're doing it right now. She talked, she, she wrote a very sweet letter to her back fat at one point, which was really nice. Yes, she did. She talked about how it comes out over her bra and how she, she loves it. But that's like, isn't that nibble on that back fat? Kind of most people. I mean, isn't it harder to be in really good shape than to be in kind of slightly below average shape? I mean, you would think maybe like Kevin Durant would write a letter to his body. Yeah, but don't you go to the, you go to the gym? I think once every uh, six months. Don't you see guys? <laughs> uh, you see guys at the gym like posing in the mirror and shit like that. They're basically writing love letters to themselves, aren't they? Isn't the guy's love letter to himself when he does his little curls in the mirror? Yeah, but I mean, they're working hard. I mean, you know, that's their priority for whatever reason, but that takes an effort. It doesn't take an effort to be plus-sized 
It might, you know, maybe you got to eat. You got to eat. That takes time. You got to eat and sit money. You need money for that. I mean, maybe she works out really hard and she's supposed to weigh like she's supposed to be one of those people that weighs like eight hundred pounds and you have to like truck them in and out. Of well, the I think house. that I think the pre- that's the premise. Is it like she leads a that the normal woman leads a healthy life but will never look like a normal model does or like a, a typical model does? Is that like women are naturally some women especially are naturally heavy, so no matter what she does. She's going to be a little heavy. So instead of hating herself for it, she's going to, she's going to love herself for that. Why do you hate women so much? <laughs> I think it's fine. You know, I don't think there needs to be one body type. I just, uh, she, I mean, she looks kind of heavy. Like, I, I don't know. I just, it hadn't occurred to me. That hadn't occurred to me, but it does seem well, I'm, like. I'm, I'm, I'm educating you on the, on the ways of your sexism. You know, I don't know what her diet is like or what her exercise routine is like, but I. Well, is this strange? Here's the thing I find strange. She's picked like the one profession, well, like modeling and astronaut are like the two professions where women can't really be fat. So uh, you could probably be a fat astronaut, maybe in the future when the, you know, when you're in zero gravity, it's fine, but taking off is from the earth, the terminal velocity is kind of tough. But, you know, she's picked the industry where you can't be fat. I mean, you know, to be a good model, you can't be fat. Everyone's kind of known that. So instead of being like a scientist or a doctor or a lawyer or something where it, who gives a shit if you're overweight, she's picked the one industry where to excel, you need, as a woman, you need to be slender. And she's not slender and she's embracing that. So isn't she, I don't know, just kind of a fat ass? I mean, I guess she's she's being subversive to the whole genre of modeling, but... You know, I mean, look, there's fetishists everywhere. I mean, there's guys that like, you know, really heavy chicks, and maybe she's. Yeah, but she's not doing porn. She's not doing porn. She's doing lingerie for big, for big companies. Like, if you were if you were a slow, weak person, you couldn't play in the NFL, right? You couldn't say like, I'm embracing the fact that I'm slower and weak, and therefore I'm I'm going to play in the NFL. Nobody would put up with that, right? They're not. There's not diversity. We're not looking for diversity at certain in certain occupations. They're not looking for diversity. They're looking for a specific type of person, right? Right. And they're not looking for modeling. If their modeling was looking for fat people, then she wouldn't be making tons of money being the one fat model, right? It would be a, it would be a big thing. She's not open. When they say they're opening a the door for people, what they really mean is I'm the one person I'm making all the money off of it, pretending they're opening the door for people. You're not going to see Victoria's Secret featuring fat models anytime soon. That's not happening. Well, I mean, the, once you, the catalogs you draw on where you draw the women, redraw the women in your catalogs at home, <laughs> I think they could be fat or have tails or horns or, or space stormtrooper masks. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Uh, can you so let's conclude this up can you be a fat model is that a legitimate thing you can call yourself anything you want i mean well then i'm a fucking fat model That's terms of, <laughs> what, what yeah i mean she's modeling for uh what's the pun they use l um, l edition l edition edition l, l. edition l. l so she is get it a model but you know there's toothbrush models and you know there's models for you know when when you see a deodorant commercial and it's someone's arm and another hand goes and swipes it underneath those people are models, but I mean, whether or not you want to try and compare them to, um, you know, Victoria's Secret chicks is really out of the question. All right, I can't tell if you're for or against fat models, so we're gonna move, we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna move on. I'll just assume you're against. Uh, Matt, let me ask you: Did you play the Powerball this uh, past week? It was 160 uh, trillion dollars or something in the jackpot. <laughs> No. Some I, huge amount. Everywhere you can play everywhere but like Arkansas or something. They couldn't afford the tickets. I'm not a big fan. I always, I just had no idea how popular it was until I watched the TV and realized that, uh, you know, unemployment's apparently a big deal because these people should be out doing other things. Oh, yeah. It's a, the Powerball is like an interesting phenomenon because the lottery, the state lotteries are, are like by far and away are the biggest regressive tax we have. I mean, the, 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 dumber, the dumber and poorer you are, the more likely you are to play the lottery. And I'm saying that to every single person who bought a lottery ticket. There's some novelty buyers, but the hardcore buyers are generally poor people. 
Um, is this something the government should be involved in, like raping sort of poor, dumb people of the last few dollars they have to on the chance to win a lottery? Or should they be like, I don't know, buying them uh, more Slim Jims and sandwiches? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, the government, I guess, just it's just the hypocrisy of, you know, them not allowing gambling and casinos. And then, you know, this is like the worst form of gambling because... It, it doesn't pay off very well. You know, there's no competition. So it's just you're throwing more money away than you would be if you went to a casino in Vegas, if you if you look at the numbers. But then again, anyone that's playing the lottery is not really looking at the numbers. So, well, the the entry, the, the, the standard of, of admission to play the lottery is can you fill out bubbles on a piece of paper? So literally, you can be, you know, I, I can't even see you, but you I can say you could be retarded and you could fill out the lottery. I mean, there's no there's no barrier. You don't I have think, to get to Vegas. I think these idiots do put thought into the numbers, though, as much as that would seem contrarian to, to what you would think. Don't they? They're like, I'm feeling an eight today or something. Or they like look at a cloud and wait. Well, because like, like, dumb, dumb people are also very superstitious. It's, it's another like sign of like your below average intelligence is the fact that you believe that a certain store or certain numbers will come up randomly more often than the other. Right. You miss, you miss stats class at, at the junior college or something <laughs> like that. So, is it, I mean, is, should the government be, they're raping, basically raping it. So, I, I told you a statistic earlier. It says that people who make below the poverty line of income every year spend on average, $500 a year on lottery tickets, which presumably they lose all the $500. Right. That's a shitload of money. That's like five. That blew me away. I had absolutely no idea that, that anyone was spending that much money on lottery tickets. Like if the, mo- if the mob was running numbers and you found that number and you found the statistic, that, like, the attorney general would like start a task force and like get rid of shit, right? Right. They would call it like unfathomable and corrupt and horrible and they're, they're mistreating the homeless and the poor people and working, you know, basic working class people. Uh, but when the state does it, it's like, you know, it's on TV and there's glitz and there's models and they're like promoting on every every media station. Have you got your Powerball tickets yet? It's really, this is really a crime, isn't it? Should we get, should you and I go arrest somebody for over this? <laughs> no, I just wish they would stop talking morals. I mean, is there, did they release the statistics of what they pay out versus what they raise and, and they only show they show the cut so i think they get like for the, st- the states take like 40 percent, and then the federal government comes takes half of the remainder in income taxes and then you got less for taking a lump sum and like you're still getting pretty rich but i mean they're taking about 70 percent away from you before you get it then of course you're splitting with other people it's still a lot of money but you know obviously the odds are against you ever winning a single cent right so i mean you have a better chance of playing poker in your house with your your buddies making money or going to something like that that's what i don't get it yeah is you know do a fantasy football league with your friends and then someone wins the money and it doesn't get taxed unless your buddy's you know an asshole yeah so you mean uh, um committing crime you should we should all commit crimes yeah absolutely tax evasion the irs doesn't go after people most definitely because um you know you already pay the government enough you don't need to yeah fuck yeah i, I paid the government continue. something like in 2011 that's enough yeah. Well, the state and the state of New York is going after FanDuel and and, and uh, DraftKings because they don't, they, you know, they don't want them operating their fantasy sports gambling uh, in New York uh, because the the state's taking in like three or four billion dollars a year from the lottery, and it's taking that's online businesses taken away from their gambling. Right. So you're not going to have like you know your mobsters now competing with the state government over who gets to run the numbers game, and it just doesn't seem like something I want. I don't know. I don't know what government does anymore. I mean, I guess they're really good at this because they make a lot of money off of it. So it's nice to see them being effective, effective at something. Right. But what, Matt, why, let me ask you this. Why do you want to take the money away from the kids? Because the money all goes to the kids, right? <laughs> Who does, knows? Does this go to like help it's educate to go the to children? Schools? I mean, well, look at the schools. I mean, what does that say? Do they teach how the schools are paid for in the schools with 
you yeah, know, some piece, there's some pamphlet that explains this all, but ultimately the test scores keep going down. So I'm not sure how the lottery is working on that, but it, look, if they educate the kids too much, no one's going to play Powerball anymore. So that's not going to work out. So you need some dumb kid. You need some uneducated kids to keep playing Powerball. So it's a, it's a vicious circle, isn't it? I mean, if the government sold me just about anything, like if they say we want to build this bridge I, I, or this monorail, I'd say, sure, I'll sign up for that. But if they were selling me like a toothbrush or something, I would deny it because it would probably cost like $34, you know, as opposed to like a, a free market one. Um, so you're, you're pro monorail, but anti-toothbrush. I'm not going to gamble with the government. I'm not an idiot. If I want to gamble, I'll, you know, look for something that I think I'm good at skill-wise, and then I'll do some research. If you gamble on sports, I'm not saying you're going to win, and I wouldn't recommend doing yeah, why not it play the, the stock? Time. Why not play the stock market or something, you know, or something you, can, you might know about? Yeah, the stock market, you can look at charts. You can stack I love looking the at odds charts. in your favor a little bit as opposed to just, you know, I just I think I would feel lame playing the the Powerball because I have no sway in it whatsoever. And plus, how is it fun? You know you're going to lose. At least if you bet on a game, you watch the game, and at least it's exciting. You might feel bad, but you, well, you get that hype, that anticipation. Wait for eight o'clock when they call a number or something like that. You think this is it? You talk about. I remember we used to play this back in the day with my friends. We'd buy the lottery ticket or something like that. Then about seven fifty five, we start talking about how if I get millions, I'm going to buy you this and buy you that. And all I was thinking, like, if I win this money, I'm never seeing you fuckers again. <laughs> I'm never going to see you fuckers again. I'm moving out of this fucking crappy ass apartment. I ain't buying you a Ferrari. What that, the hell are you talking about? How depressing is it that people sit around saying, you know, yeah, this could be my ticket out of this crappy apartment, and then in, invariably you lose. And then you go to work the next day. You know, I was always drunk, so I don't remember it being that depressing. <laughs> but it was always like, I think in the back of your mind, you knew you were going to lose. But it's that fantasy thing, you know? And I was like talking to like a fucking a chick, you know, on uh, with people who go to Ashley Mass and talk to robot chicks or something like that. There's that fantasy pornography thing, like you think you're going to score. And that's the same thing with this. I think you dream, it gives you a chance to dream about having millions of dollars in your pocket for about an hour. And then it goes away. So you're paying two bucks for the fantasy. I, mean, I, guess, I guess if you're paying, yeah, you're paying for the entertainment value. To me, it just seems minimal. Because I get everyone says like, you know, if you brought your lunch to work every day, you'd have like $800 at the end of the year. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't, like, I don't care about that. You Bye, know? I just bought you the world's most expensive pizza. Are you kidding me? <laughs> fucking brown bag. That was very good. Uh, <laughs> I agree. I agree with you. And I did play four Powerball tickets and lost all four of them. So I'm feeling pretty stupid wow. today. Wow. Now you feel bad about saying, calling people <laughs> shitty. All right, let's move on from that. I'm not, if I if I had won, by the way, would not be here today. Just let you know. People go back to work the day after they win the lottery. That's bullshit. I ain't fucking. I would go back and talk shit to everyone. I'd never come back. I'd hire someone to burn this place down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Let me ask you. Uh, you have been online a lot. I think uh, you're an expert catfisher. Fishing cat, catfisher, cat baiter, bait click. I don't know what you're doing. You're pretending to be a girl or something online. <laughs> you're catfishing with a P. I don't. It's something like that. It's. A, I don't know. It's every word online has to do with old men hitting on young teenage girls. So uh, Tiga, I think I finally fucking figured out how to pronounce the rapper's name. Tiga, Tiga. I don't know what the fuck he is. Um, I feel like when you make up your own name, you have the obligation to teach people how to pronounce it. Like if your name's Chuck or Steve, I got it. If you're going to fucking go T-Y-G-A, you have to educate people on what your made up name is. I think his real name is Robert or something. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, like a, like a few weeks ago, it turns out he was this 14-year-old girl who looks like she's, you know, 25 or whatever. And that sounds really rapey. Just, I, it just came out of my yeah, mouth. Yeah, it, it makes me rapey. think that, that you overdid that because you're insecure. <laughs> I think she looks more like 19, but you didn't want to say 19. <laughs> no, I didn't. That still sounds bad. Uh, she looks old for her age. And her fo- all you have is online. When you're online, all you see is a little icon of people. And you know they're very deceptive. She looks older. Uh, she's been hitting up rappers, Tiga and some other rappers online because she wants to be a musician because uh, schoolwork, I suppose, is really hard. 
And so she's been hitting up saying, listen to my music. And of course, being an attractive younger lady, she's also flirting with them and being teasy with them. And, and of course, she had to tell them she's 18 uh, because otherwise they wouldn't talk to her. But she claims Tiga knew she was underage and that he was asking to FaceTime her, which is actually not a crime, and flirting back with her and, her, and wouldn't stop call, contacting her online. And apparently, she didn't have the wherewithal to hit the block button. Because uh, that click is really hard, right? right. Uh, I mean, let's give her the fact she's not very smart, but I bet she knows how to block people who aren't famous from hidden, hidden on her. Yeah, um, it was like another kid from her school. Oh, yeah. She block. She probably has like 150 people blocked on her Instagram or whatever, but somehow if someone's famous and rich, they're not blocked. She can't find the button. She actually held a press conference. Uh, she and her mom held a press conference with Gloria Allred uh, uh, for no apparent reason because no crime was committed, but just to say like, I've been harassed by Tiga online, which I guess merits a press <laughs> press conference now. Right. Um, and then it turns out these other rappers, this rapper named Bobo Norco, which I assume is a real person. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I, first of all, he's white. He's from Santa Rosa. So that shouldn't be rapper category. Um, claims this girl was hitting on him too and that she was asking to help her out with her music. And she told him specifically she was 18 online. He has records of the text and stuff. Uh, let me ask you, Matt, is it safe for a catfisher online anymore? Say, say you're actually a legitimate guy and you're actually, okay, you're skeevy and you're a rapper and you want to hook up with as many chicks as possible, but you are asking them if they're 18. Are you, are you still liable for that shit if they turn out not to be 18 and they're kind of, you know, cunning little, little twat bastards? <laughs> I think, I think legally you are. I mean, there's always the obvious uh, move of asking them to send you uh, a photo of, of their driver's license, but then you can Photoshop that too. And then, you know, do you do, do, you, do, that? do you ask for a state driver's license confirmation when you talk to girls online? I don't really talk to girls online that much. I you mean, use the real ID act. Are you, are you not accepting certain <laughs> states as their well, IDs any longer? You know, I learned it from porno. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. They always have the re- in porn. They always have the records in Florida, right? It always says to check our records, go to some office in Florida. Yeah. I always wonder if someday's going to, someone's going to go to that office where they keep all the records. and It's just be <laughs> empty, right? <laughs> like it's just the biggest bait and switch ever. Like we keep all the records in Florida, this Florida, like a Tampa office and they're going to go there. and It's going to be like a seven 11 or something like that, or a mailbox, et cetera. It'd be offer. cool to go there though and get the records of every chick that's done those pornos and just send out a mass text i bet one of them yeah like what i'm single like uh, you have hey hey, what's going on tonight i got some blow are you are you aids free still or something like that (laughs) i do that what's a guy what's a guy to do what's a what's a guy who's looking to like bang hot super hot easy 18 year old girls to do when 14 year old girls are pretending they're 18 online I don't know. I mean, I, I think 18, 14-year-old girls are pretending they're 18 for a long time. I mean, 14 is a bit of a stretch, but why doesn't on Instagram, you know, because everyone seems concerned about this, why don't they just have like a, a badge that says verified as being 18? Then you wouldn't have to think about it. Um, also, for, why I can tell you the answer to that. It's the same reason I think nightclubs let underage girls, college <laughs> girls and underage girls as well, because that's what all the guys want to pay $20 drinks for. Well, how about if this chick's mom, who I'm sure is behind a lot of this, if she has a huge problem with the way that people are approaching her daughter on Instagram, normally a parenting decision would be, hey, you're not allowed to use Instagram because obviously you're really bad at discerning who you should interact with on Instagram. Yeah, I'm sure her mom sits her down for a lot of those after-school special talks. <laughs> uh, like, here's the thing. You're 14. Tart, tart yourself up a little bit with makeup and hit on Bobo Norco. <laughs> to see, what, see what he would... He's not going to He's not gonna want any sex from you or something like that for helping out with his music Look, career. Man, she, looks, she looks, you know, around 19, 20. She's, I said 25. You're going 19. I don't know if I'm allowed to say she's <laughs> attractive or not. You said that and it made me uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think know, you'd be four, I you can be an attractive 14-year-old girl. You're still not allowed to, you know, you're not allowed to... Uh, uh, 
FaceTime naked with them or something. But sometimes these guys send these photos. These guys, like, the, they send these naked photos of themselves. I don't know what guys does that anyhow. But guys who like to do that to everybody, uh, send them these girls, and they say they're 19 or whatever, and they end up being 14. These guys get arrested for sending junk shots to underage girls. I think if the if the girl lies and says she's 18, that that should be fair game. I mean, at least until you meet meet her in person and maybe something gives it away like her, you know, Hello Kitty backpack or something, but, you know, I think <laughs> That's if it's sexy. all cuz online's yeah. a fantasy anyway. I mean, well, I think it's here's a creepy thing about online and social media and this has been the, since the days of AOL and everything else. If you actually had these if you look at it you know chat rooms anymore. If you look on social media like a snapshot cross section of Twitter, or Instagram, who's on there at any given time, it's a bunch of like underage girls and a bunch of older guys, right? right. And if you had those people like at a party at your house and someone walked in and saw like like 30, 50 year old girls, like 20, 45 year old dudes. They were like, someone would call the cops, right? They would assume something was wrong, but somehow it's on social media, it's all digital, it's virtual, and therefore people don't just immediately see the creep factor. Yeah. So it's just really a bad idea to have like men of all ages and girls of all underages together in a forum where you can talk to each other immediately, right? Well, I don't know how much interact. I mean, there might be a, a disproportionate, but the you know Kanye West has like whatever a couple million followers, and your average you know twelve year old girl has like zero. And I feel like there there's kind of little communities involved. And in yeah, but that girl, I remember that girl talk, hit on James Franco, and she was in New York, and it turned out she was under eight. Well, she was seventeen or something, which is legal in New York. But she lied about her age, and some cut in my hotel hotel room and fucked me basically, and he and he did. Which is weird, one, because he's gay, but also <laughs> because it's just a weird thing to do. And he got just lucked out that she wasn't 15 or whatever. Um, you there's, know, there's, there are real meetings happening off of this stuff. There should be some responsibility, and I would argue the majority of it, because once you reach 18 and realize it's not really cool to lie to people and manipulate people, and I mean... You know, why doesn't some responsibility fall on her for lying, especially when the dude didn't know? And then secondly, how does this warrant a press conference with Gloria Allred where you're saying... You know, and that's the classic thing, like playing this victim thing. Like I felt threatened and being very unspecific about it. So it's 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 this little insinuation of someone being. Matt, this girl's fourteen. She's or, barely out of uh, the middle school. She didn't attend. How's she she's, getting a fucking press conference? Then I can get a press conference now. <laughs> I'll tell you how she's getting a press conference because Gloria Allred is selling her story to the tabloids and taking a cut of it. That's how she's getting it. Well, maybe this Allred thing should be addressed because this seems like a really weird way to spend your life. And also, she seems to be really highly admired for all of her, you know, civil. Uh, Do you think now that she now that this whole thing now that this girl's been proving to be kind of a schemer that Gloria Allred should have to have sex with Tiga? <laughs> is that your solution? Is that your Solomon-like solution? I think that we should. And by the way, no one's talking about her music. I'm sure it's horrible, and I think we should just ignore her if she tries. Uh, yeah, but here, okay, here's the thing. So you're going to rip on her because you said she looks 19 and you're in love with her. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you're a 14 year old girl and you want to break into music, I mean, and you look around at pop culture and how things are working, that's just how it works today, isn't it? I mean, this is what you. This is like actually what you do to get ahead. Manufacturing a scandal. I don't. I don't blame her for contacting people and trying to, uh, you know, arrange uh, some meetings and have them do her some favors. But I mean, lying about your age and then sort of when that backfires, accusing the guy of being a creep when you're the one who was bothering him. Do you think he found or he was sifting through fourteen year old girl pictures on Missouri? Or do you think she contacted him first? I would assume. So. Well, you know, I could go either way. I could go either way on that one. Now that you mention it. Now that you mention, I don't know. Girls in the old days, just right? somehow Tommy Matola discovered Mariah Carey had a great voice after she blew him. Uh, <laughs> it suddenly popped through his head that she had a wonderful voice. So this hasn't changed that much, you know, with the, in the digital age. And this is just the way it works. You create a scandal. You hold a press conference. You get a reality. She probably has an MTV reality show by next week. 
you know, it's it the same thing Team Moms did. They got knocked up and, 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 and pre you know, they got pregnant at 15 or 16, and now they have their own MTV shows, and they're making a lot of money. So I don't, I mean, this is, a, she's a victim. She's oh, a victim yeah. of the culture. She's she may not have taken it. She's a victim of the culture. She's a tequila, tequila. You know, she's a skeevy. If you're already, like, skeevy and plotting at, at 14, yeah, I can see her turning into, like, a MTV reality slash then she has a couple sex tapes type of person. So we can look forward to that. Matt, she's 14. You can't look at her sex tapes yet. I'm sorry. We got, uh, uh, Brian, let's just cut that point out. I want Matt to get arrested. This whole thing is really turning into like some sort of uh, to catch a predator FBI investigation. I'm getting really nervous about it. But this just goes to show you how dangerous it is online. Here's my advice. Don't don't uh, talk to a, a strange girls you don't know online. You can't verify their age. It just seems like a bad idea. Asking, you don't you don't want to be the guy in court, standing in court, accused of some horrible crime, saying she told me she's eighteen. That's not getting you very far. I don't care what year it is. That's never that's never going to stand in front of a jury. Matt, it was nice knowing you. Sorry you're going to prison. Uh, let me ask you. Uh, we got a letter from Arnie, an email from Arnie. Uh, we got a lot of emails over the break when we were gone. We took a long, a long hiatus. It was uh, not like one of those uh, hiatuses in sitcoms where you never come back. We actually came back, uh, much to people's chagrin. Uh, Sean Penn uh, went to go meet El Chapo, as he's apt to do in the Mexican jungles. Uh, drug lord El Chapo, the Sinaloan drug cartel leader. Uh, it was a very odd thing. I mean, uh, he did it. He claims for Rolling Stone, sent him to meet El Chapo to interview El Chapo and. John Penn's been meeting like he met the Hugo Chavez in Venezuela and he met one of the, the Castro brothers in Cuba and he seems to like to go to Latin America and, and interview these dangerous drug lords and, and uh, dictators and so forth. But when he gets there, it turns out John Penn doesn't actually speak any Spanish uh, and he doesn't really have any good questions to ask. I mean, in the very least, <laughs> if John Penn's going to be this, mist, you know, this guy who's like a on the road again kind of thing, but he's going down to Latin America to, to, to the jungles, shouldn't, shouldn't the fucker learn a little Spanish? Yeah, I would think that would be a prerequisite. I mean, he's been to Latin America enough that he probably should have picked up some Spanish, especially as an actor. You would think, you know, you memorize stuff all the time. And uh, I don't quite understand why he, he can't be conversational. I When I heard this story, I you know, I was traveling. I got back into town. And it was like, you know, Sean Penn and El Chapo. I'm just like, what? I mean, <laughs> whose idea was this? It makes no sense. Like, uh, send fucking Pee Wee Herman to talk to Kim Jong Un or something. Like, <laughs> that would okay. be awesome. But well, by the way, you know, speaking of that, we had uh, Dennis Robin did go to see Kim Jong Un, so that was. I mean, it's sort of that same type of thing where just like because I'm a famous person and I can go meet somebody really bizarrely famous. I'm going to go do it. Is it even that he is famous, though? Cause it, or is it that he plays like kind of a tough like guy in the movies? You know, He plays a tough guy. He plays this like sort of socialist, Latin American, like, you know, uh, he plays a sort of the guy who's sympathetic to like the Latin American causes against the U.S. And, he's you know, deep, you know he's, he plays a deep. He doesn't say a lot. No, he doesn't say a lot. He certainly doesn't say it in Spanish because when he got to meet, finally got to meet El Chapo, he had to have a translator, and they asked a whole bunch of really inane questions that gotten. I mean, that were very like basic questions, like if you were a sixth grade sixth grade cub reporter interviewing the principal or something, you know, what's your day like? You know, uh, what's the favorite part of what's the favorite part of being your of being a principal? Yeah, it was like a field trip. It was like those rich guys that get to go to Africa and shoot zebras, and they think they're like adventurous and yeah, and that they're on a real safari, but it's just like a fenced-in thing. Like it, it, it didn't. I didn't see the purpose of it. It's kind of hilarious that, uh, you know, El Chapo got busted because I think that someone at Rolling Stone thought that El Chapo was like a fan of Sean Penn. Apparently he doesn't even know who Sean Penn is, but this other Mexican actress. Yes, with a Mexican actress who he apparently had a crush on and she brought Sean Penn. It's like, you know, poor El Chapo, he's on the run. He's running for his life. You know, he just busted out of prison for the 18th time. 
And uh, he probably doesn't get laid up in the mountain in the jungle hideaway or whatever. And this, this Mexican chick who he had a crush on for like 10 years, uh, this Mexican actress with big tits, uh, who doesn't have crushes on those girls. Uh, she, show, he, she finally shows up and she's got Sean Penn with her. He probably knew he was coming. Like, no. fuck, who's the dude with you? This gets, you know, can we shoot this guy right now or what? Yeah, okay. and then, well, she probably, you know, because so apparently El Chapo wanted to produce a biopic and he was like trying to line this up because he knew he's, you know, basically probably going to be taken to prison or executed or something at some point, maybe. Who knows? But, you know, he probably figures his time, like he didn't have a secure position in life and so you know a lot of guys write their will up but he was like let me knock this biopic out you yeah know, let me find a short a really short actor from hollywood to come here to play <laughs> to play me it's just it was so it was so fucking stupid and then you know i mean it would have been awesome if sean penn had like taken him into custody yeah. like grabbed him or even even funnier if, if uh el chapo just shot him between the, between the eyes it would have been funny <laughs> if sean penn got killed because oh it would have been fucking hilarious that's just why you don't walk into uh like a crazy murderous drug dealer drug kingpin's cave yeah because you could get shot and that's why you don't do it and look if you're doing it for some heroic purpose to document i understand with journalism like an embedded like military journalist or something then, you know with much the, respect to you and, and you are a hero but uh in this case you're just you're just some jackass who wants to hang out with like a really terrible guy and kiss his ass. And then Rolling Stone, which used to be a real magazine, uh, somehow like their edit, you know, between the, the the fake rape stories and everything else, their editor is just sort of greenlighting everything, isn't he? They're, yeah. just kind of, they're just kind of going with everything. Like you know, Sean Penn meets El Chapo. That's front page. We're doing that. Let's go, go, Sean Penn. Here's two hundred bucks for Southwest Airlines to Mexico City <laughs> or some shit like that. Well, were they secretly just hoping he got killed? Because that would obviously be a much. Bigger I think story. so. I mean, that would have been a great story for Rolling Stone. I mean, that's one of those iconic stories that forty years from now you talk about the time they sent Sean Penn to meet El Chapo and Sean Penn got killed. Uh, that'd be great. I mean, again, I keep saying it's great. Sean Penn got killed. It seems mean, but I totally am behind that. I mean, anytime El Chapo is like, "Who the hell is this guy?" and like, "Why is he bothering me and asking me all these questions?" Do you think he <laughs> even knew it was an interview, or he just thought? I don't think he fucking knew anything. Shit. Well, by the way, he did ask for final approval on the video on the cut, so he actually got to see the interview before it went out for the Rolling Stone. Which, by the way, I don't know much. I took one class in journalism. Obviously, I'm not a journalist. Uh, I don't think you're supposed to do that. Uh, I don't think you allow the subjects of your interviews to review their review their answers and decide what goes and what doesn't go in your in your interview. No, traditionally. No, that's called. I think that's called propaganda. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you got freaked like a he went home with a big bag of cocaine or something like that. It was a bizarre thing. I agree with you. El Chapo should. If anyone else comes to meet you, El Chapo, just shoot him. He'll be out again in a couple months. <laughs> uh. Matt, you have a segment this week. Uh, I shit you not. That's your segment. Now, it's been a three weeks, so I know you brought something good today. This is when you bring in a, an article that you've read in the paper, and I believe you read one article uh, every month. Um, <laughs> this month, it was about Playboy. Playboy is selling the iconic uh, Playboy Mansion for $200 million, which I guess if you're a Powerball winner, makes sense. Uh, but there's one catch to buying the Playboy Mansion, to being the new owner of the Playboy Mansion after 40 years, is uh, Hef. Uh, Hugh Hefner has to, has to, you have to let Hugh Hefner live in the, like the attic or something like that until, he, until, he, until the day he dies. Uh, it's sort of the one catch. I mean, every house, when you buy a house, if you're about a house, I mean, there's always like something that comes, you always find out, like the real estate agent lets you know at the very last minute. Uh, like, by the way, that fucking like giant tree over there, that's your responsibility. You got to trim it every year or some shit. Right. This one is you got a fucking 85 year old, like bisexual dude with a butt plug walking around in his boxer shorts <laughs> and robe <laughs> at 3 a.m. rifling around your house. And you have to like, you know, call him half and, and, and let him, let him go on, not kill him. Uh, would you, if you had $2 million, would you buy the Playboy Mansion and would you keep half as your, uh, cuddly roommate? 
No, I wouldn't even have Hef as a roommate for free or even if he paid me like a decent rate. Uh, I'd much rather have uh, someone who seems like a cooler guy. Uh, he's old, though. You could probably convince him of anything right now. He's kind of senile. You could get him to do shit for you, like have it get me a beer and shit like that. I don't doubt that he would, you know, pull some hot chicks. And even a lot of my buddies would think he was cool. But it's like, I just don't want the kind of people around that think you're awesome because uh, you wear a captain's hat. Wow. Uh, so you'd be, je- you'd be jealous of your roommate. If half was your roommate, you'd be jealous of that. Why? So obviously the, the market value of the house is less than half of that, right? Yeah. So I think it. someone said about 75 or $80 million tops for that place, which is a lot of money still, but not $200 million. So essentially you're buying like a historical monument of some sort or like they'll turn it into a museum or something. But well, or it's going to be some rich Arab dude who's going to like, you know, just fucking jerk off every night thinking about the fact he owns a Playboy Mansion and inviting like his, you know, model, you know, slaves there or some shit like that. Well, why? Because see, I almost feel like I would undercut the price, if anything, because it's like you own the Playboy Mansion and it's like... Oh, like the AIDSy hot tub and all that <laughs> shit. Like the Cosby rape room. Yeah. Hey guys, we're playing poker in the Cosby rape room tonight at eight. Just be there when we get there. <laughs> yeah, not to mention that uh, you know, the company is, is gonna fold at some point in the near future. Well, that's what I feel bad about. I mean, the company is obviously needs obviously that's the why company, they're selling it. Yeah, they need the money. So they want the two hundred million dollars, right? And they're like everyone's like, Okay, let's sell it. what do we how do we get money? Let's sell the mansion. Fine, let's sell the mansion. Oh, what about half oh he's still he's still alive? Yeah, he lives there. Uh, okay, uh, the buyer has to keep half. So it's like you're fucking doddering like senile grandfather and yeah. like you're moving and you just decide to leave him behind. Like he's going to be, you tell a new owner, like here's the deal, here's the house, you get the house, we're going to give you a little deal on it, but you got to keep grandpa. You got to take care of grandpa. <laughs> it's just, that's kind of sad, isn't it? I, mean, I don't think, I don't know if he's even aware this is happening. Like, is he, are they going to tell him they're selling the house or is like a new family going to move in and just like he's going to like come downstairs one day for his brand? And uh, there's like a new family there and wait, you know, smiling it's at him. possible. And think how annoying he'd be because he'd always be like, this place has really changed. It's not like it was in my day. And it's like, you, you, this is all you talk about. It's your only thing. Yeah, and he act like he owned the place, but he doesn't own the place anymore. So you could basically put him in the fucking the closet somewhere. And no one's, no one's going to fucking... This is sad. This is like a story of like the end of life of anybody, whether you're rich or poor, celebrity, famous, whatever not. You get towards the end of life and people just treat you like shit, right? I mean, they're just like ready to get rid of you on the ice flow. This is like Playboy saying, look, you had 50 years of great times, but now you're just, you're, you know, your expense account and your house is too, too much for us. <laughs> so you're going to live with the Robinsons now. They're really nice. They're really nice people. I mean, <laughs> I would be furious if I bought a million dollar house and he was living there so i can't imagine although there's more space that you could put him somewhere a lot of space but still you don't want that old dude in the fucking diaper waddling no, waddling around the i fucking would consider house. killing him i don't know how hard <laughs> it is to get away with killing someone but i'm thinking just push him down the stairs yeah he's just gonna start like hitting on your wife and ask her to like do strange things or you and stuff like that i mean he's an old dog he's not learning any tricks at this point i mean you know he'll go at some point and maybe you just kind of push him in the pool and learn later he can't swim very well yeah. uh you know no that's what gonna, i'm thinking no one's gonna yeah no it just you turn off the heat in his section of the of the house during the winter. <laughs> uh, see if you can dry him out. But uh, I, I don't know. It's just is that. I mean, it's really. I mean, honestly, Half's had a good time. But this is a set. They're just dumping him, right? This is just you're just dumping Grandpa. Hey, it's what happens, man. I mean, you know, all he had going for him was he could buy glorified hookers, and now it looks like that's going. So it's yeah, but like, that's not a bad thing to have going for you. You know, I mean, those were nice looking hookers, and he had of, a good time. It's it's kind of weird that he never got over it, but. It's like the it's like the, the the like scene if you saw like Sinatra at the end like at the fucking at a downtown crappy Vegas hotel like 
with cheap smoke, like the butt of cheap smoke, picking up cigarette butts and shit like that. It'd just be kind of sad. You want to see like the stars go out big, right? Better to burn out than fade away. He's just faded away, and now he's going to have to live with a family he doesn't even know. <laughs> Sorry. I feel that guy. I never even liked the guy. Now I feel bad for him. Too bad. Keep your diaper on, Hef. Help is on its way. Uh, Matt, let me ask you. Um, you've yet you you're a man uh, in your thirties. You've yet to come out of the closet. And I, we, we we every couple weeks or week we wait here for you to come out of the closet. At some point, it's not going to care anymore. Uh, this kid Charlie Carver is on the show uh, MTV show Teen Wolf. And uh, yes, I did have to look that up because I had no idea. I have actually turns out I have no fucking clue what's on MTV at all. Yeah. Uh, it's not video. They have about forty shows, and none of them have to do with music videos anymore. Uh, and apparently one of the shows called Teen Wolf, which I think was based on the Michael J. Fox movie, but doesn't seem to have anything to do with it because there's just gay werewolves everywhere. Just gay, gay teen werewolves. I don't know if you had that in your high school. We didn't have that in mine, but apparently it's, it's all, it's all a rage now. And Charlie Carver plays one of the gay werewolves or something on the show. Anyhow, he came out this past week. He, this guy, this is, I mean, you know, I don't like the stereotype, but this kid looked super fucking gay. Um, I guess that's a stereotype. And he came out this week and, and, and publicly announced that he's coming out of the closet and he's gay. Is there actually a closet anymore, Matt, in Hollywood? And does anyone give a shit? And isn't it time for people to stop coming out of it or at least make an announcement that they're coming out of it? I guess. I mean, I can see if you need to clarify something to your friends or family, but if you want to make like a media statement and everyone just already assumed you were gay, uh, I don't really, I don't see the point other than that you're trying to get attention that seems to, I mean, at this point, if you're like, if you're the 170th person to do anything, did you really make a big announcement? You remember like when you're a kid, like that one kid like rode the bike, the trail or skateboard, that trail that was super hard and dangerous and he was kind of cool. Then the second guy did it and he was sort of cool. But by the 20th guy who did it, you're like, you know, bragging at school, you're like, shut the fuck up, right? Right. Just, you're no longer, you know, that's not cool anymore. It's great. We've all done it. Okay. Everyone in Hollywood is fucking gay. Half, almost all of them have come out publicly. Maybe 10, 20 years ago, it, it meant something to be a gay actor. But, you know, we all sort of went to high school. We all know the drama kids were all gay. So, you know, the gayest acting actors in Hollywood who play gay characters, by the way, on TV, we just assume are gay, right? Is there any announcement to be had there? Do you deserve the congratulations and the kudos? No. I mean, there's some kind of disconnect because obviously I had no idea who he was. And I don't think your average person has any idea who he is. He's a supporting character on a crappy show on MTV. He that, wasn't on your gay star chart that you keep on your wall? He was not gay, on any chart. Famous, so gay, famous gay men's in the shape of stars. When it's making the front page of the, of the Huffington Post that an actor that no one knows of is gay, it's like, all right, maybe we should start paying more attention to the tv shows or something instead of I, I just don't need to know that a guy is is gay. it is it courageous i mean is it at some point it was probably courageous to say you were openly gay because there was a there was a the, you know a mark on your head not a literal mark it, it might have been cum but um there was some, you know i mean there's a reason why 98 percent of actors in hollywood have not come out as gay right even though we know a large percentage of them are gay there was some there was some feeling to be detrimental to your career and that existed for some period of time. So people were in the closet. And then the closet door fucking started opening, and then it opened wider, and then it sprung wide open, and then fucking a giant gay horde of actors came out of it. And isn't that like, isn't it wasn't the time to cut off the big announcements after that? Yeah, I mean, obviously it can be kind of beneficial at this point. That's why like Miley Cyrus and all these people like to pretend that they're gay. Or for, It's beneficial for her. Is it beneficial for the gay community? You live in West Hollywood. You represent the gay community. What do you think? I don't. 
I don't think anyone cares. I can't anymore. see you. Are you? Are, but you're on a blanket. Are you making out with a dude back there? said, <laughs> <laughs> like, how gay are you getting into this thing? I mean, it's just. I mean, is it time to shut up? I mean, is it time? It's fine. Come out. You tell your friends. They already know you're gay. Your family knows you're gay. You, you know, everyone in the audience assumes you're gay because you're making out with a dude on TV, uh, and you're a fucking werewolf. And werewolves are kind of gay anyhow. That's well, I would say there's a difference between if you're talking to Charlie Parker. What is that his name? No, Charlie Parker was the uh, <laughs> jazz. <laughs> <laughs> jazz musician oh, shit uh you calling charlie parker gay if you're talking to this guy and Bird, he's, gay. he's giving an interview for for gq and it comes up are you gay actually i am gay okay well how's that going for you pretty good it's not that big a deal all right but if, if you're like hey i got this big announcement to make i just feel like people should just be like we don't care either way is it a big deal or not you know everyone wants to act like it's sh- it, which it shouldn't it shouldn't matter you know if your friend's gay or your boss or your co-worker is gay then why what if you're, you, what if you're fat? What if you're a fat it? lingerie model is gay? Does that bother you? Uh, no, I mean I don't. It's just well, we I, talked about we talked about the stat over a, a few weeks ago. Uh, this Gallup poll that showed that like yeah, the, you know, people that self-identify as gay in this country. This is a, you know maybe a little undercount because maybe some people don't even anonymously don't like to admit they're gay. It was like three percent, right? But if you the general general population of America believes that twenty three percent of America is gay. Right, because there's so much fucking gay news that everyone's like, "Oh fuck, everybody in Hollywood's gay." Because they're, you know, and it's only because there's a big fucking article on six different media outlets when a kid on a show you've never heard of comes out and says he's gay, and there's like ten thousand comments saying how courageous you are, and there's a big headline story about it. And if you're reading Yahoo or Google or whatever news, and you're seeing this stuff, all you're seeing is so and so is gay, so and so is gay. I can see why. People that especially don't live in Hollywood or New York think everyone's fucking gay, right? Well, yeah. So, I mean, and, and by that nature, if you're a gay guy, it's just beneficial to come out. Even if you're not, it's it's just kind of beneficial to come out and say you're gay as opposed to... Oh, yeah. No, we're changing the show name to The Last Gay Man on Earth. <laughs> That's going to get us... We might finally, we might actually get a fucking sponsor. That would be the best thing. That would be the best thing ever. There's The appearances you're going to have to do, Matt, you're not going to be down with, but that's okay. <laughs> do what, you do what you do, I do to get paid. Uh, you heard it here, Matt doesn't like gay people anymore. Uh, Charlie Carver, you're cool You're cool by me. Maybe just like a little tweet saying like, just in case anyone doesn't know, I'm fucking gay. And then a picture of you making out with your boyfriend should, should suffice. We got an email from uh, Hope. Uh, I assume that's a woman. Oh, it could be a man. I don't want to, you know, I try to be very sensitive to gender fluidity on the show. Um... Hope is kind of upset that David Bowie died, but not for the reason you think, Matt, because I know you did your shrine to David Bowie this week, and you dressed like Ziggy Stardust and, and went down to uh, a lot of the places in West Hollywood where when you're dressed as Ziggy Stardust, that's a signal. And uh, it seemed like everyone I know what about you on Facebook, everyone like that, David Bowie died, and everyone all of a sudden was the biggest David Bowie fan in the entire universe. And Hope feels bad because uh, she says she didn't give a shit about David Bowie, and she feels less than human. Do you, is there a... Any room when some famous person dies for the people who just don't give a shit about that person? Or do you have to like claim the person touched you and affected you in a special way no matter what? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a new thing. Uh, obviously, you know, David Bowie, I don't know anything about him. He seemed like a nice enough guy. Uh, but yeah, how that relates to speaking you. Of, speaking of gay. I don't know why you can't just <laughs> say like, uh, I don't know why you necessarily have to say anything. But if you feel compelled to, you know, I like David Bowie's music. That would be enough, really. Uh, <laughs> I was like David Bowie's music, and I'm getting. Get. I was a well, fan of his music, but uh, then you seem to feel like all of a sudden, like people you know, and especially for you know people a long time you went to high school with or whatever, and like they're like David Bowie touched me in a special way and kept me get, held me up through high school when I couldn't have made it. And you're like, fucker, I knew you in high school. I don't remember you even mentioned David Bowie once. 
Well, you never played his music. You didn't know him. Like, and all of a sudden, you're like writing like an ode to him on Facebook about how like he was the most important. He and Jesus were the most important people in your lives, or something like that. And I don't remember any of this. No, I don't either. Because it's always the same people too. It's like every time. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, if David Bowie dies, or like. Uh, you know, if uh, George Harrison dies, they were always the biggest fan of that guy. It's like, what are you, the music critic for the LA Times? Like, I've seen your <laughs> collection. I've seen your iTunes. You're, yeah, like, you got- you're not that big of a fan of music in general. Like, no, no. It's like when Death Cab for Cutie goes, we'll, we'll, we'll live with your your sadness. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, you weren't into I mean, it's, it has to be someone cool, though. Like, David Bowie's iconically cool. Yeah. He was, like, sort of counterculture cool and stuff like that. No one's going to, you know, say that for Madonna, help me through high school. Um, but actually, Madonna probably helped more people through high school than David Bowie did, as a matter of fact. Uh, more girls, at least. Well, I guess just for being slutty or something? Just for being like, I can be slutty and be cool or whatever. David Bowie's like, I guess if you were gay or you were a tranny or you were a glam, whatever, it helped you through. But I don't remember any of these people who write these like stories about this. These are like guys, you played on the football team. I don't remember you fucking playing the, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and always, everyone always We're doing fucking the... Ziggy Stardust. On, I remember you were playing fucking Metallica. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. And they just got to relate it to them. Like, I saw David Bowie at oh, yeah. the Sam Goody one time, and he <laughs> yeah. looked at me and yeah. nodded, and I can tell that he knew what I was going through. And it's like, <laughs> you're just making shit up. Yeah. You're he just lying. Fucking rubbed my nipple and told me I was going to be famous just like him someday. And that, that got me into my plumbing business. I don't know. They, God forbid they have a photo of the person. They always pull out the photo. If right. they ever have a photo where the person's in the same photo, like so-and-so died. Here's us in uh, 93. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was 15 feet away from me outside, the, <laughs> wherever he was, where I was like, stalking him. And it's like, oh, man, you were you were like 15 feet away from David Bowie in 93. You know there's people Photoshopping this too, I guarantee you. Yeah, probably. It's just, I, I don't, here's the thing. We talked about this a few weeks ago when Scott Weiland died. Uh, he is dead, by the way, in case you forgot. Um, well, they're you, playing his music on the radio all the time. That was like one of the biggest yeah, tragedies but... of the whole ordeal. <laughs> well, the other thing is, like, no one you can't talk bad about Scott Weiland after he died, even though he was a prick when he was alive. Uh, it's the same thing with Bowie. Like, how did you spend the last 40 years not mentioning David Bowie or how much you loved him? And then he died, and, you, and, you, and now you, he was like, you're, you adored him. Uh, shouldn't you mention these people when they're alive, how much you love them? Isn't, isn't that what Bowie, when Bowie took his picture 15 feet away from you in 93, isn't that what he was hoping for? It's almost like the ultimate artistic expression is dying, because that's when you really, you know, get the the fans, like... Yeah, but they only love you because you're not, because it's, like you said, it shines a light on themselves. They're just talking, they're not really talking about their Bowie, they're talking about themselves, aren't they? Maybe they're just a fan of dying. They're like, I didn't like his last album, but that <laughs> dying thing was awesome. <laughs> that <laughs> was, that was pretty, that was pretty good. By the way, Alan Rickman, who I love, uh, uh, no one's talking about. He's also a 69 year old British dude uh, with Kent who died from cancer today. Uh, Hans from, uh, from Die Hard, who played a million different roles that I love. Mm. And no one's talking about him. No one, you know, somehow Alan Rickman didn't get anyone. Well, there's maybe some gay actors he got through drama class in high school, but basically no one's talking about him the same way. It's something about music and pop culture and David Bowie representing that thing that, like, I supposed to, I, I'm supposed to say he affected me. Um, you could not have been, how, is it possible for you to even be affected by 100 different music artists to the core? Mm-mm. No, I agree. You got like two or three of them. Yeah. Who are your two or three? I like Neil Young a lot. Uh, of, course, of course you do. I like Pearl Jam. And, um, you know, I was also a big fan of uh, um, Marley. Did you cry when uh, uh, Kurt Cobain died? No, I didn't. because, uh, And I did like Nirvana's music, and he seemed like a cool guy. But I Oh, he seemed like, like a really fun guy. Yeah. I didn't fucking know the guy. Well, once I watched that documentary, I was like, I can't watch this. He seems like a hipster asshole, but he's like playing with dolls. It's like, fuck this guy. But A hipster asshole, a drugs, constantly needing shit from you. Yeah, but that was probably Courtney Love, just who knows. Uh, 
you know, I just feel like I didn't know the guy. You, I think when you're 12 or 13, maybe you cry or you're really affected when a music artist dies. But if you're 40, it's like, it seems like you're a little too old for that to, to cry over someone you never, you don't know. And like, like his music has died. His music died today. Well, actually, stop making music. I mean, I guess he made some new music, but you know, you're ta- you're always talking about music from thirty, thirty or forty years ago. So it, that's still around. Turn on Sirius. It's I still would there. like when someone posts a David Bowie tribute, like a little meter that shows the last time you talked about music in general. Yes, yes. I don't like in general people on social media should not talk about music. They should strictly stick to hitting on fourteen year old girls. And selling and selling uh, bedazzler shoes or some shit like that. No. So it's horrible. All right, David Bowie. Uh, I forget his real name. I remember. I tried to remember it before the show. And I totally forgot his, his name. But I remember he changed his name to Bowie because it was David. Fuck, what's that story? I don't even remember. Axelrod. No, he was confused with somebody else, and he didn't want to be David so so and so. So he changed his name to David Bowie. Hmm. Uh, with so every other gay like uh, British Elton John, everyone else who also changed their name came out today and said how much they love him. And I could see how they got affected by him because they were also gay British dudes who changed their name to something that sounded much cooler. <laughs> Rest in peace, David Hope. You're just a normal person. I think uh, probably only about 20% of the population actually liked David Bowie before he died. Now it's 80%. Brian's quickly looking up his name. David Robert Jones. David Jones. Oh, yeah, that's right. The, the uh, monkey story. He didn't want to be confused with the David Jones and the monkeys, so he changed his name. There's your Bowie story. That's cute. That's a cute little anecdote. Goodbye. You're dead. <laughs> Our last. <laughs> Our last segment uh, today is uh, something that has my panties in a bunch. Uh, I did buy some fantastic ladies' underwear over the uh, New Year's. Um, after Christmas is when you're going to go. It goes on sale. Um, uh, by the way, I found out all women's undergarments are made by a single company in China. Believe it or not, I know it's hard to believe. But there's like a company in China that makes like 80% of the world's, the Western world's like undergarments. And they make it for Victoria's Secret and a million other places. But it's all made in the exact same place by little uh, little girl slave workers. Think about that next time you take your panties off of your, your boyfriend or girlfriend, Matt. <laughs> what has me tweaked this week is uh, Lawrence Phillips died. Speaking of people who died, I mean, David Bowie didn't deserve to die. He was a good, basically a good guy. Lawrence Phillips, uh, the NFL, uh, Nebraska NFL running back, was a fucking horrible guy. He's one of the most horrible people you could probably think of in your life. Um, here's the thing. I mean, Lawrence Phillips beat up women. He liked to beat up women. That was his sort of crime of choice. And he beat up women in high school and college and in the NFL. And they kind of just let him, because he was a really good player, they let him get away with a lot of this shit. And this is like, you can't say this a long time ago. This was in the 90s. So it wasn't like today would be that much different. We see NFL players beating up their, I mean, punching their wives and beating up women all the time still. Uh, Matt, is it okay? You uh, pretend to love sports so that people might think you're straight. Is it okay that we give all this special treatment to star athletes to the point that they are actually like, you know, actually physically beating women and we're kind of giving them passes. This is a trick question, by the way. No, I don't think so. Cause you know, you see, uh, you watch sports and if you just locked up all the guys that, you know, should be in jail, which maybe in the NFL is still, I think, isn't it lower than the actual population? So say you took out like 6% of the league, right? People like, by the way, people like to cite that's just that the, like the assault level in the NFL is lower than the general population, the criminal assault level. But there's a couple of things about that. One, we we know that all the assaults are not being counted. Obviously, there's a lot of shit going on that's never that's never counted. And two, uh, that doesn't account for people who make ten million dollars a year. <laughs> Do you think like right. the the violent assault records of like multimillionaires is the same as like the general population? I mean, multimillionaires might be assholes, but the probably violent assault rates are probably a little lower. 
Yeah, I would just say, though, that I just mean if you locked him up, someone else would just step in and take their place on the field. And you really. Oh, by the way, uh, I hate to interrupt you because that was a really awesome point. I wasn't paying attention (laughs) to you. But El Chapo in his interview with Sean Penn said that if he was taken out, killed, or imprisoned, that it wouldn't do a single thing to the drug trade because somebody would just step in and take his place, which, by the way, I thought was a really good answer by El Chapo. Yeah, that's a good point. Rehearse. And so you're saying the same thing. So if we got rid of the violent uh, criminals in the NFL, then uh, more violent criminals would take their place. Yeah, because you know spectatorship is going down in sports. So you're watching on TV. You know those guys could be, uh, you know, six feet tall or five ten. You're not going to be able to tell based on your TV. You know. Oh, you're saying we get rid of all the good players because they're violent assholes, and then we replace them with smaller, more, te- so, more, te- more less temperamental people. I don't think the products would suffer that much. It might be safer. I mean, these guys all have brain damage, man. You know, he probably didn't even know what he's doing half the time. Not to give him credit in case he did. I didn't know him personally or anything about him. I didn't know his name until you brought him up. But uh, you know, he could have. You're such a had... fake. You're such a fake football fan. <laughs> he could have just said, "I I won my fantasy league." Thank you. Which <laughs> just shows how stupid you and the girl, you and the girl who picked the teams by color of the uniform. <laughs> I think it actually was you. You were that girl. Well, look, here's the thing. Like, you know, athletes get, I mean, you know, athletes, you know, just like, I mean, I guess rich people get some breaks in life, but you know, athletes from the time they're in junior high school nowadays are getting huge breaks you know, from the, from their teachers and from the principals and the students. And they, by the time they're in high school, they're being coddled and they're getting away with anything. And not all of them are bad people, but you know, if you raise like that, if, if someone told you when you're 17 or 18, you can fuck whoever you want, beat up whoever you want. You can not go to class and nothing's going to happen to you. Aren't you? Bound to be sort of, sort of an asshole. Oh yeah, especially you know when your job is to hurt people sometimes. Yeah, so isn't it isn't it the system really? I mean, Lawrence Phillips was, was a jerk because he took all the uh, leeway he was given and decided to pull women down the staircase by their hair with that leeway, as opposed to other options. Yeah. Other options you might have with your your carte blanche. Uh, but isn't it like isn't a system of like uh, coddling these athletes and letting them get away with shit just because they are entertainers or they're athletes and they make the school a lot of money i mean shouldn't isn't it time at some point for someone to step in and say we gotta stop at least the beatings yeah um, so i would assume that he at, at university of nebraska he got uh, they pushed stuff under the rug i mean the ncaa and i mean all those programs are are pretty brutal with that um well yeah if you're a star athlete you're getting i mean they they he he was suspended for like two he, he literally pulled his girlfriend who's six was six feet tall not a small woman, down the stair, three flights of stairs by her hair, which is fucking pretty novel in the world of domestic abuse. <laughs> you give, mm-hmm. I guess you give them some, some sort of credit for that. Um, they it would suspend- look good in a movie. Yeah, I mean, that's something like Tony Montana would do when he was like, you know, a killer Cuban cocaine dealer or something like that. That's something psychotic people do. Yeah, That's just not like, you know, I accidentally raised my hand to her or slapped her or something like that in the heat of the moment. That takes some fucking doing in a, a long form <laughs> 90 seconds of fucking roid rage or whatever to like keep pulling. Like one flight wasn't enough. You're going to go like, are you going two more flights, bitch? I mean, this is like, that's some fucking like Freddy Krueger shit. Was it just up and down the same one or? I think it was just down. I don't think he's that strong. That would be, if he pulled her up three flights of stairs by her, that would be even worse, I guess. Right. Well, maybe not for the body, but that would probably fucking hurt your scalp. Uh, The point is, you're making me, making me lose my point. Uh, the point is, so they, they suspended for like two games, and then when the, that was the games they didn't care about. When the big games came back around that they needed him back for, the coach, uh, Osborne, uh, decided that it would be better for him to be uh, to rehabilitate his, himself within the confines of the team, which means he could play again. Hmm. Uh, and then he scored a bunch of touchdowns, and they won the national championship, and then uh, they encouraged him to go off to the NFL so they have to deal with all the ramifications of all his crimes. In fact, they didn't really convict, they didn't really convict him of any crimes until he left the NFL a few years later. He was a shitty NFL player. And then, like, all the crimes they've been holding back, they just, like, lumped all together. Like, we were supposed to charge you with this when you were playing the NFL, but since you are playing the NFL, we didn't. So here's now, like, 30 crimes you're accused of. I mean, went to jail for 30 years. 
and then he killed his cellmate, and then he, <laughs> then he killed himself, and you know, that's sort of the end of Lawrence, Lawrence Phillips' story. Mm-hmm. But it, man, isn't it time for men? We are the last two men on earth, and, and let's call it one and a half here. Um, isn't it time for men to stand up and say, like, you know, uh, we just don't want to have this pay for this brutality any longer, and that we have to have some like draw some line in the sand that you can like. I don't give a shit if you get your concussions to each other, but you shouldn't be giving concussions to like your girlfriend and your pregnant wife and shit like that. Yeah, well, maybe we should get some kind of referendum together and like abolish the NCAA, their athletic uh, program, because that seems to be, you know, all these schools, just too much money involved and too many people in power. I mean, up, up until the, you know, the governorships of various states, you know, these guys are all involved. I mean, you look at certain crappy states like that. I mean, who's not a fan of Alabama? Like, Got to be 80, 90, 100% of the people. But you just call Alabama a crappy state? Mm-hmm. You're from Alaska, dude. You got to watch, <laughs> watch that shit. You know what Alabama call a crappy state? They call it Alaska. I don't think so. Really? I, what does Alabama call a crappy state? I was once in Georgia and, and uh, at a comedy show, and the, the a comedian in Georgia, Southern Georgia, was making fun of Alabama. And I thought, that's the only place you have left to go, right? I mean, that's where you're... It was like rednecks, it, red, people in Southern Georgia making fun of how redneck the people in Alabama were. Maybe in Alabama, they'd go with Puerto Rico. Except I don't know if they would know that it's a territory. No. Oh, they did play Powerball, by the way. Uh, so it's officially recognized. It's just, I, you know, at some point, I mean, again, people are standing up for this shit. And, like, the NFL and football is a really violent thing. And I'm cool with the violence as long as people voluntarily sign up for it. But there should be, like, you know, I don't know. We need a million men march. So I don't want to march. It sounds like too much fucking work. But, you know, maybe, like, a change.org petition or something. <laughs> which takes no time and it's completely meaningless and symbolic, uh, just to say, like, you know, one offense or something like that against women and you, you can't play anymore. Are you down with that, Matt? Will you I, sign behind me? I am down with that. I am yeah? down with that. I know you like to. I mean, it's okay. I mean, look, we agree it's okay to beat your woman every now and then. Well, like, sometimes I, she needs it's, – it's, like, it's, it's the old attitude adjustment, right? I was just seeing how a lot of guys in the position of power to actually do anything, you know, they're all probably huge football fans. Just to be driven – to uh, you know, get to the top of, of something of a government or whatever, uh, you know, by that definition, you probably enjoy the hard hitting action of football. So yeah, so you are you are you are uh, saying people that like football are high achievers, and you don't like. football. I would say they're attracted to the competition of it, so they're kind of biased. Well, it also makes a sh- I mean, it's a shitload of money, right? It's a shitload of money. And there's just financial stakes. Yeah, well. so that's why they're they're covering this stuff up. So I look at Matt. You stand. I mean, we're both guys. I stand on the side of women, uh, defenseless, helpless women being beaten by running backs uh, who are 240 pounds. You can take the other side if you wish. Uh, that's the end of Last Man on Earth this week, Matt. You have uh, something in between uh, coming out and defending uh, wife abusers. You have something you wish to promote? I'm at MattRalston.net and on Twitter at Matthew Ralston. That's great. For uh, Brian and his upgraded hardware, sound out cheers to the stars. Uh, this is the Last Man on Earth podcast. We're back in 2016. See you next week.